I gotta look up how to say his name. His Majesty's Rat. How do you say that word? Why is it in French? Why why are things French? Because the book is set in France. Gosh, <laughs> I know. I know. Hey guys. Thanks for your patience with getting this episode out. Now, here's what's coming up. On July 17th, we'll be doing our mid-year check-in, talking about the books that we've read so far this year, what we loved, what we didn't like, and how far we realistically think we'll be getting on our yearly TBRs. Then, on July 31st, we'll be wrapping up the Dauntless Path trilogy by Intisar Kahani with A Darkness at the Door. You know we love the other two, and this one is no exception. Tune in for a good time, and remember, the first half is always spoiler-free. If you love the show and want to support us, you can check out patreon.com slash thebooklifepodcast for a huge list of perks. We hope you consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patrons, the Pirate Queen and Leah. May your problems always be fictional. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, my best friend, Abby. Today, we are not doing a book review, not doing a book game, but instead, we're going to talk about our favorite mythological creature, dragons. And why dragons, you ask? Because dragons are the best. I mean, that's easy, easily to say. I don't know, Abby, I've always been obsessed with dragons. Dragons have always been my favorite creature. I remember doing a book report in freshman English on a random book about dragons that I read that I hated, actually. It was kind of a terrible <laughs> book. Um, but I remember drawing um, a dragon with, I guess, a wyvern because it didn't have back legs. It would be more accurate to say a wyvern. Two legs, two wings, and drawing a border and using that border for my handout and handing that out to my class for my book report. Man, you went hardcore. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell you which book it was. That's how unrememberable the book was. I can tell you the book was blue and silver, my two favorite colors, which is probably why I picked the book and probably why you shouldn't pick a book by its cover sometimes. Yeah, um, blue and silver book about a dragon. Yeah, that that just screams Mo needs to read me, even if it's not a good I book. I mean, I mean, all of my favorite things are right there. Exactly. <laughs> um. I don't know. I've always really liked dragons and I don't know why. I don't know why I've always been drawn to them more than literally any other mythological creature. Like the fae are kind of like, eh, mermaids, eh. Mm-hmm. I kind of like griffins. Griffins are really cool, but again, they're also flying and they're really badass. So that's not really surprising. <laughs> well, and I don't know about you, but I never got into like My Little Pony or anything. So I definitely didn't get into Pegasus or... Mm-hmm. um unicorns like so didn't go that way mermaids were whatever yeah i feel that i mean we both watched peter pan but i guess we weren't excited about the mermaids yeah and i wasn't i was never like a huge fan of tinkerbell or anything no i feel like there's like different groups uh who like different mythological creatures and like i don't know that any one group hates any of the others but you're like there's always they're always really passionate about that one group of mythological creatures and like none of the others yeah you're right i can definitely see that yeah because like some people are super into mermaids and some people are super into fairies 
And some people are just like super into unicorns. And then you have us and we're super into dragons. Yeah. And all the others were just like, meh. Okay. (laughs) Accurate. It exists. That's fine. (laughs) Man, that was going to bug me. I don't know what that book was, but that's okay. I can just tell you it was older. I would like to note. So the one book that we have actually reviewed on this podcast that we both genuinely hated. Mm Mm-mm. It was high fire. Don't mention that book, Abby. I just want to say I spite read it. Um, Because, well, because it's one of my favorite authors who wrote a book about a dragon. It should have been amazing. And I hated it so much that I spite finished it. And then I made you do read it, too. Oh, my God. And I remember the messages we sent back and forth about it. It was not good. And we love, don't get us wrong, we love the author. Did not love that book, man. No, no, it was a terrible book. Oof. Just really sad. I hate saying that any book about a dragon is bad, you know? That book was terrible. All right. So for those of you who are not like super duper into dragons, um, I just want to give a quick rundown. A dragon has four legs and two wings and it breathes fire normally. If you are thinking of one that only has two legs and two wings and possibly breathes fire you're thinking of a wyvern it's the legs that are the difference dragons have four legs wyverns only have two um you might also when you hear the word dragon think of like chinese dragons which have um four legs usually and they do not have wings and they're usually associated more with water than with fire water is really big with chinese dragons mm-hmm. um it's the European dragons that deal with fire for some reason. Yeah, isn't that interesting how that evolved? Like each culture, I know. each culture has dragons, but each culture focused on a different element of dragons. Well, and they view them so differently too. Like European dragons, you think fire and destruction and like hoarding jewels. Yeah. But if you think about Chinese dragons, you're thinking about the royal family, you're thinking about prosperity and wealth and just like good things right Mm -hmm. it's a very interesting difference oh very interesting there are also so i was doing some research on this because i was curious i'm like i know about european and chinese dragons but like are there other dragons in the world and there are most of what the rest of the world has as far as dragons for mythology they're described as like large serpents um and they often have like horned heads or human faces and that weirded me out i was like that's a dragon but in other mythologies that is what is considered a dragon they're often called serpents as well um but i guess they're all kind of lumped together since it's a mythological creature it's it's kind of a fluid about what they actually look like well I mean, and did you know the Piasaw bird is technically considered a dragon as well? I found that out when I was looking into this, and I'm like, that's a dragon? Not expected. So if you guys don't remember, we both live in southern Illinois. We live close to Alton, Illinois, and it has this large mural of a Piasaw bird. And a Piasaw bird is important to the Illini people um, who used to inhabit this area around the Mississippi River. And... Yeah, the the Piasaw bird, again, horn figure, face like a human, I would say, 
with mm-hmm. eagle claws and a long tail and wings. So yeah. Yeah, and it 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 was so trippy. I had to like stop reading for a minute when I saw the Piasaw bird listed on on this dragon list of like other mythologies. I'm like, really? That's a dragon? They call it a Piasaw bird. Yeah. They don't even call it a serpent. They call it a bird. <laughs> you got tripped up on the bird. I did. The I'm bird like, is the word, right? I know. I was just like, it's so weird. And I guess, I, I mean, that is partially a fault in my own head because in my mind, I normally think of European or Chinese dragons, which are very different from all the other mythologies with the human's face, human faces and everything. But it's just, it tripped me up to see the Piasaw bird <laughs> listed as a dragon. Because <laughs> I immediately thought of that big old mural that they have on that cliff face. Yeah. And I was like, huh cool i've been driving past a dragon and didn't even know it yeah surprise so what do you love about dragons yes what don't i love about dragons um i've always been more traditional like with european dragons especially like think about the celtic dragon Mm -hmm. um that they have on their flag i would say is probably like my favorite depiction of a dragon kind of that sleek body four-legged um happy dragon snuggly friend and i just want to take home with me and play with (laughs) like i love the celtic dragon so much that when um nate's grandma asked us what kind of quilt we wanted for the wedding i was like can you put the celtic dragon on a quilt and she did and it's my favorite blanket that i have oh that's awesome Mm -hmm. i love that blanket and then i mean i don't think like i would say like my favorite my favorite well and it's sad. So we're going to talk about some books. And I was like, well, I was like, you know, a lot of times European dragons are kind of dumb, too. Like, they're not smart dragons. The smart dragons tend to be the Asian dragons. Yeah. I guess I, I view more of, like, I love the European dragons because they're more like giant pets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I um, I, When I first got into dragons, all I really knew were the European ones because... The Chinese ones were not, like, very big in the literature that was available to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've come to love the Chinese dragons more, honestly. Like, I kind of miss the wings, but I really like the way that Chinese dragons are used more in literature than the way that European dragons are used in <laughs> I know. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. If somebody went, hey, would you like this European dragon egg that you can raise as a pet? It's going to be as dumb as a rock, but it'll be loyal. I'd be like, hell yeah. And maybe that's it. Maybe I just like the dragons that are like a Labrador. You know, they're just loyal and they're derpy and you love them. I do. Those are really cute dragons, but I also really like the Chinese ones because they're usually shown to be like intelligent and powerful and often benevolent. And I enjoy that too. I'm like, Mm-hmm. I can't imagine having a Chinese dragon as a pet, but I can definitely imagine having a European dragon as a pet. <laughs> you know, like the Chinese dragon, I'd just be best friends with. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you would have to take care of the poor, <laughs> the poor uh, dragon. I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> They're not the brightest tools in the box. They aren't. And I feel like the Europeans just gave them really bad backstories. That's really the issue here. Mm -hmm. Like, they just went, these giant things fly around and breathe fire and destroy everything. Mm -hmm. 
that's that's not a great origin story guys yeah it's really not a great origin story mm, but we but we love them so much we do mm-hmm. all right so if you had to pick one other mythological creature what would it be mm, a griffin okay me too <laughs> uh, okay well yeah i'll say and i'll say my love of griffins really came from um reading mercedes lackey the griffin trilogy mm-hmm Mm, I love those. See, and I just feel like griffins are like the step down from dragons because, you know, they're fierce and they're big and they fly. They just don't breathe fire. Mm-hmm. And they look more like eagles than snakes. So it's like, I don't know, like they just feel like the next step down from dragons and not in a bad way. Just like mm-hmm. that's just how they feel to me. And so if I had to pick another one, it's going to be a griffin. I, yes, I, I get that. I mean, both you can ride, too, which is important. Yes, yes. I definitely need to be able to get places faster if I have a mythological creature. Me, too. I mean, I guess I could have a Pegasus then, but I'd rather have a griffin. I feel like Pegasuses feel more ornamental than useful. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, not to crap on anyone who really likes them. They just feel less battle-ready than a dragon or a griffin yeah and i feel like that's what i need i need a battle ready mythological creature because if there's mythological creatures in my life i feel like there's going to be battles happening in my life for some reason mm-hmm. that's or, what every novel i read as a child told me or <laughs> you could be enya and live in your own castle and you need a mythological creature to you know protect you exactly mm-hmm. i need defense i need protection i know <laughs> Mm. all right is there anything else we want to talk about for dragons well did you know it's very interesting that based on all stories and findings and everything that people know dragons first originated myth dragon myth originated first in china that does not surprise me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. isn't that very interesting i feel like that makes sense to me and we talk about how chinese dragons are so much more enlightened too and like the buddhist dragons um you know or tibetan like they're both derived from the chinese you know they're they represent a light enlightenment and you're like that makes a lot of sense and then we have european dragons that are just dumb brutes but you know oh well (laughs) it almost feels like the europeans heard about the chinese dragons and just got it twisted Mm mm-hmm and that could be definitely a thing, too, because if we look at, like, the Silk Road and, and Marco Polo, well, no, that'd be, like, 1500, so they'd probably want to be, well, around then. So, and, you know, dragon myths have been around for a long time, because you think about Beowulf, but Beowulf has a dragon in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how dragons got across cultures. I don't know. It's cool, though. It is very cool. Regardless of where they came from, mm-hmm. they're um huh let's see eastern european dragons predate those from the western part of the continent so that's why the myth of it probably came from china asia and kind of crept its way across the continent mm-hmm. yeah by the time it got to europe it just got really twisted oh yeah they were no longer benevolent and having water powers they breathed fire and destroyed everything precisely oh europe I know. (laughs) All right, guys, we are going to take a break and we're going to talk about the actual books that inspire our love of dragons. 
All right, we'll talk to you in a minute. Hi, this is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guest and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler-free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book. And we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast and now back to the show welcome back to our second half um this half we are going to talk about like we each picked five books that we really love with dragons in them and we just want to talk a little bit about them and why we love those specific dragons so mo would you like to start us off i would and i'm actually gonna i need to rearrange my list because i'm going to have a discussion of the progression of how i feel about these dragons okay oh oh you're getting deep okay okay so first we are going to start with the girl who drank the moon which i believe is by kelly barnhill correct good me good me um so in that book this is a middle grade novel super great read super fast read just we talked about it you guys can listen to our episode but in this story there is a tiny dragon who believes he is big and he is the sweetest little thing. He's kind of derpy, um, which again, he's a European dragon. So I guess that makes sense because European dragons seem to just be derps, even though I feel like this is more of an Asian myth book. He is not a Chinese or Asian dragon of any sort. No, he definitely is not. No, but he's just a sweet little guy and he just wants to play games and he wants to love on the main character. And he's just someone that... I just want to scoop up and snuggle. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. So I that is my first choice. His name is Farian, and he's just a really great little guy that dreams about being a big dragon. Yeah, I had this one on my list, too, and I was narrowing down my list, and I took it off just because Mo already had it on her list. But I completely agree. Um, I adore this little dragon. If somebody offered me one, I'd take it in a heartbeat. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Me too. And you just take the dragon and just go snuggle, 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 snuggle. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, I love, I love the illusion he's under, I guess. Because he's this tiny little dragon, but he thinks he's an enormous dragon. And that's an interesting plot twist, but. <laughs> it was so good. Try not to be spoilery for the book for anybody who hasn't read it. But yeah, that's a, that was quite a twist. So what's your first dragon dragon friend that you want to talk about? Well, mine are not in any particular order, um, but this one should not be surprising to our longtime listeners. The dragons from Rachel Aaron's Heartstriker series and DFZ series, if you have read either of those, I love the setup of the dragon. I'm so shocked. I am so shocked. That's what you picked. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't believe. That you chose the dragons from one of your favorite series. Oh my goodness, the shock on my face is so intense. (laughs) You get any more sarcastic there? No, but seriously, like part of the wonderful thing about these two series is the setup of the dragons. And I think that's one of the things I love most about when you write dragons into a series. If you do something different with them, I am basically guaranteed to automatically love it 
because anything you can do with a dragon that is different and new and fun, I'm all for it. And so like that'll be proved later on in this list as well. But the Heart Strikers dragons just the way they're set up, the way the world is set up with the giant Heart Strikers clan and um the different ways that like mating happens and the fact that they can disguise themselves as humans and because of the lack of magic in the world they've had to be human for centuries i just found really fascinating and i know there's plenty of books that have dragons in human form Mm -hmm. i haven't read a lot of them because a lot of them as far as i can tell seem to be like romance books and that's not really my genre but I just I just enjoy the setup of this so much because there's different clans and they're all different sizes and <laughs> well uh, all different sizes most of them are a normal amount of dragon <laughs> sizes like a handful like five to ten and then there's the heart striker clan because someone was like I shall have all the children yeah the heart striker clan is like half of this world's population in dragons <laughs> uh. <laughs> But I really enjoy that it's not just European dragons, because the Heart Striker clan themselves are um, Mexican. Mm-hmm. They're considered to be a feather. Like yeah. they're Mexican dragons. The Quetzalcoatl yep. is the grandfather of all of them. Yeah. So, so you have the Quetzalcoatl, which is a Mexican dragon, which is the grandfather of all the Heart Striker dragons. And I think that's freaking cool. Because then as you get further into the world, you'll see like the DFZ trilogy has it, it, the main character is the adopted daughter of the dragon of Korea. Mm-hmm. He's a Korean dragon. He's sassy, man. And so like I just I love I love that there's dragons from all over the world. It's not just European, it's not just Chinese. They're from all over the world. And I'm not gonna lie, the fact that the Quetzalcoatl is the grandfather of of the heart striker clan is just so freaking cool to me because i don't know that anybody else has thought to do something like that you know well and i can't think of any other the only other stories i can think of that have dragons in it that's not european or um asian based is um the rage of dragons and even that i can't even when I when I imagine the dragons in my mind's eye, I'm seeing a European dragon. So I don't know if that's accurate or not because I haven't read the books in a little bit. So mm-hmm. that's what I pictured too for Rage of Dragons because it's like it's got Roman um, like overtones on South African lore and everything. But the dragon itself, the way I remember it being described, is more like a European dragon, and it's also less uh, sentient. Mm -hmm. it's more of just a beast than anything but yeah the the setup for the dragons in the heart striker universe is just amazing and i love it so much so well done so well done i'm currently reading her latest one in that universe um it's i'm so i i when you told me like i was like wait there's a new one out i was like bye 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 (laughs) yeah the book is called buy a silver thread and the main character is a changeling Oh, how different. I like that. I'm not very far yet, uh, but I haven't run into any dragons. But it's I'm I'm fascinated that the story follows a changeling as the main character. I love it. 
Oh, it's great. It's great so far. Anyways, dragons. <laughs> dragons. Dragons. Um, so what's your next one then? So we're gonna move along our lines of dragons to the next dragon that we're gonna move to is going to be so we're coming from a, a nice little sentient tiny dragon, and we're gonna move into another <laughs> who I would consider a sentient dragon, but he is nonverbal. And he's more of a wyvern than a dragon. So he's going to have two wings, two legs. And I absolutely, <laughs> even though he was a non-speaking character, DJ Clune wrote Theodore so magically that he is my favorite character from the House in the Cerulean Sea. And I know I've talked about Theodore before, but he's just like this sweet little kid who has all these little hordes of treasures like underneath the couch up in the tower and when he gets to like you and love you he starts showing you his treasures and like he becomes friends with linus because linus keeps popping buttons off of his shirts to give to him and and it makes theodore so happy and i love that tj clune did not make theodore like an animal he made him like a non-verbal child you know essentially and, you know, you can tell that Theodore is very bonded to, oh, shoot, the mm -hmm. boy that turns into the Pomeranian werewolf. Oh, I don't remember his name. It's been too long. I know. It's been too long. Um, you know, and, and how, like, they just take mm -hmm. care of each other. And, you know, and Linus treats him like a child because he is a child versus treating him like a pet or indifferently. And so I love that he... I guess like and is it like humanation or anamorphine like when you in interpose human things on objects but mm -hmm. humanization like this was meant I don't know but I just I just love the mm -hmm. humanization I just love the concept of what they did uh, with this book and I just really love Theodore I just want to adopt him like you can be my child come here my son I will give you all the hordes of buttons you want but I have shiny coins so he might like that even better yeah, Theodore very easily could have been written as something more bestial, and I don't think that would have gone over very well. Uh -huh. um, I would not have wanted to see that at all. Mm -mm. Yeah, Theodore was very nicely written. Definitely, like, how you would realistically imagine if there was an actual dragon in this world, I guess. He seemed very real. Yes. Mm, I love him so much. I just love him. Okay. Mm -hmm. Who's your next one? <laughs> I, I, I like, I know who they are. I like this. My next one is from Guards Guards by Terry Pratchett. Lady Sybil's little horde of dragons. <laughs> okay. Uh... If I realistically imagined dragons being in our world, it would be Lady Sybil's dragons. These psychotic little machines of just like uselessness mm -hmm. that burn things and poop everywhere and just like are not at all intelligent. Just the absolute psychotic little things. This is what I, I would think dragons would actually be like in our world if they existed. Listen, they they're 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 this chaotic goodness, just chaos and goodness. They're like, I, I don't even know they're good, actually, but they're just they're, chaos. They're like a herd of cats times 10 if cats could breathe fire. And fly. You know, 
Yeah, they don't fly well, but but they're such like they feel like such psychotic little crazy creatures that they feel like they would be in our world if dragons actually existed in our world. And this is not the kind of dragon that I'd actually want in the world, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But also, I would want one as a pet if they did exist. Right. <laughs> My husband would lose his mind, but it's fine. I don't know about having one as a pet. It might be it might be very stressful, honestly. Yes, it would be very stressful. Um, this is the kind of pet that I would get once my kids were like teenagers. Mm-hmm. Before that, definitely not. <laughs> but yeah, just like they crack me up just thinking about these tiny little psychopaths <laughs> who have like two brain cells each on a good day and they can fly and breathe fire. So, you know, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Next. <laughs> All right. So I also, my next one is quite chaotic. Um, so one of my favorite depictions. Oh, okay. So I guess one of the reasons I really, truly identify with Hagrid. I would love to take home every single magical creature and adopt them and take them home. And I can't resist that. Like, I remember reading Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which has so many tender memories in my heart as a young 10-year-old reading that book, maybe an 11-year-old, really. I read it in sixth grade. And I was like, yes, I want a dragon egg. Yes, Hagrid. I completely agree with you. And I was like, how dare you take his dragon? And then, of course, Norbert got a little bit bigger, and I was like, "Ooh, ooh, okay, maybe this is a little too much to have. And then, of course, we saw Norbert later, gosh, in um, Goblet of Fire as a adult. And I was like, ooh, yeah. She was Norberta then. Yeah, well, turned to a lady at that point. Uh, it's fine. And <laughs> I was like, man, but if, if I was going to live in the wizarding world, I would love to work with Charlie Weasley and be a dragon. Um, or is it Bill? No, it's Charlie. It's Charlie. It's Charlie. Mm-hmm. And and work as a dragon zookeeper? Dragon zoologist? Dragon dragonologist? I don't know what his job is, but it sounds magical and awesome. I don't know what his actual title is, but yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as you were describing Hagrid's situation, I was picturing you in that exact situation, and I went, yes. Mo is Hagrid in this situation. Listen. <laughs> dragon egg? Yes, please. Why would you try to take my dragon away? He's adorable. You know, oh, he's getting a little bit big now. Um, this could be bad. <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Well, burn down the neighborhood. It's still fine, guys. Everything's still fine. <laughs> he set my hair on fire. It's cool. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going from sweet derpy um Farian to sweet lovable theodore dragon hoarder to norbert <laughs> uh chaos incarnate but also sweet and a baby still well and part of the problem with that is that in the harry potter universe dragons really are just animals yes. they're not very like intelligent and, and, and they're not even like um gosh like the like the spider in book two i forgot his name argon aragon no yeah, you know, who is very much intelligent or the centaurs, you know, aren't very like it's that whole, you know, it's that whole thing where, you know, then, then we get into 
should they have rights? Should they have the same rights as humans? Because they can think and they can talk, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, if I was going to be like, Norbert, probably not, but Theodore? Yeah, Farian, yeah, they should mm-hmm. have rights. You know what I mean? Well, and um, in the last book, when you see that dragon that's been kept underground under the bank, mm-hmm. it's made even more apparent that the dragons in those books are just beasts. Yes. Because it's... The way they're holding that dragon is considered would be considered animal cruelty, but you mm-hmm. could be going. This dragon needs to, I don't know, be freed and have a say in its care or whatever because it's not sentient like that. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. As we get really deep in our dragon um, <laughs> thoughts, yes, we're gonna pick apart the dragon politics here. Uh, yeah. Well, you know how it goes. All right. <clears throat> so my next one is a series that I picked up this year um, because I'm trying to read more middle grade because as my boys are getting older, I want to be able to give them books that I know are good. I don't want to just be handing them whatever. And, you know, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to do my due diligence as a parent and read the books that my kids will be reading. And so... I heard you hear about Wings of Fire by Tweedy Sutherland all the time in when you talk about middle grade books because it's really popular. I'm like, well, if it's really popular, hopefully it's good. Oh my God, it's so good. Right? I'm telling you, Mo, you have to read this series. <laughs> I know. I, I have I have the first three right behind me. I actually, oh, not first three. I need to actually buy like number two, I think, which is going to bug me. But I got them behind me. So normally, when you read books about dragons, they always involve humans, right? Yeah. I mean, usually. Like, usually it's some sort of... Not always, but like Aragon did. They He had a dragon egg. See, his dragon egg came out just fine. Yeah. Why can I not have a dragon egg? Because you don't live in that world. I know. So, mostly when you are reading books that involve dragons they also involve humans in a large part like humans are Mm -hmm. half of that book at least right oh yes in in wings of fire the dragons are the main characters and you don't even see a human until like halfway through the second book Hmm. this series is literally about dragons not humans humans are considered like these funny little creatures that run around occasionally and you see like there's mentions dropped throughout the books about them but they're not important they are not thought of this is about dragons and the dragon clans and their politics and the war that is going on with the dragons and i can't tell you how much i loved that Mm. i love politics it was just (sighs) it was so refreshing because you have so all these different dragon clans and some of them are at war some of them are allied with each other and then there's like one or two that are just like not involved in the war and they're like Uh peace guys just leave us be (laughs) yeah but like the dynamics within each clan and like the power setup within each clan is so different and it's so varied and it's so interesting and I can't tell you how much I love it. I really can't explain how much I love this series and the dragons in it. I could not pick a favorite dragon. Well, it sounds like you found yourself a brand new favorite series. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. 
this is such a great series. I mm-hmm. read the first five because the first five were like the original series, and she's written more since then, and I need yep. to get them and read them. Oh, but they're so good. They're so good. Um, and each one of the books. So there's five main dragons that you're following around. They're friends. And each one of the books is written from each one of the dragon's point of views. So like the first book is following the earth dragon's point of view. And he's the one telling the story the whole time. And then the second book, it switches to a different dragon and so on. But it's just absolutely fascinating. This is such a great setup for the world. And I get why it's so popular. So I get why so many people love it. Speaking of that, would you say if you're going to identify with a dragon clan, what dragon clan element would you identify with? Mm. This is a hard one. I know. It's like, I'm not really, I think I always get torn between like water and earth. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'd probably end up going with water just because earth dragons don't seem to fly all the time when they're in different series depending on the series um i feel like earth dragons don't end up flying as much and i want to fly i understand that what about you i probably would mm, uh, it's hard isn't I it want, mm, <laughs> yeah Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. I I don't know what I would. I don't know everything. I would be them all. (laughs) The one that's blue. I want to be a blue dragon. So I guess. Okay. That's fair. Probably a water dragon. (laughs) I just want to be blue. That's the problem. I just want to turn to a blue dragon. So if I had to pick one of the clans from the Wings of Fire series, (laughs) I would pick the Rainforest clan. Oh, mm-hmm. are those the the rain wings? Uh, I think Scales so. Constantly think so. shift colors, usually bright like birds of paradise. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Um, They're all sorts of pretty colors, and they can change colors. And I really like the setup of their government and just like where they live and everything. It's so pretty. I love it. I'd want to be a rainforest uh, dragon. I want to be, an, I don't know the series, but I want to be a nightwing. Purplish black scales, scattered silver scales on the underside of their wings, like the night sky full of stars and a forked black tongue. And they breathe fire and read minds. They're really pretty too. And they can tell the future. They're really pretty too, but I really, I would want to be a rainwing. Okay. Because they live in the rainforest and they're all sorts of pretty colors. Yeah, I don't want to live in the rainforest, so sweat. <laughs> that's fair all right what do you got next well so we moved from chaotic sweet norbert and we're gonna move to another chaos okay so obviously obviously i hope most of you guys have read the hobbit by J.R.R. tolkien and that you will remember this one wonderful dragon named smog who um is uh yeah the embodiment of a dragon hoarder, breeze fighter, uh, breeze destruction. Um, have to he's depicted as the bad guy and has to be defeated, and he eventually is defeated. But one, I really, 
Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. It was Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. was the voice of him, right? In the Hobbit, in the Hobbit trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since I saw that, I cannot not <laughs> read the Hobbit without <laughs> embodying his voice. And I love it mm. um, so much. So I once saw a scale of Middle Earth dragons. And smog is like this teeny tiny little dot in comparison to all the other dragons, which are huge. Well, he's got big dragon um, energy, you know. And Well, and all I could think to myself was, man, no wonder he's so angry. He's the tiniest dragon. Hey, you know what? Chihuahuas are the angriest and they're the tiniest too. Exactly. Oh my God, he's so small. You know, just imagine a chihuahua. Just imagine a chihuahua that could breathe fire. God, that's terrifying, actually. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sarah, if you're listening, I'm picturing your dog <laughs> breathing fire. Just oh so you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Great. Now I'm looking up this big boy name. And Collagon, the black size. He's freaking huge. Why is he so big? What book is he in? Are you looking up the Middle Earth Dragons? Yes, now I now I need to know. Like Yeah, Smog is like the tiniest Middle Earth dragon. It's insane. He's so small. He's just so he that's why he's this big dragon energy. He does. <laughs> because he's the Chihuahua of dragons in Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I really do. He's just oh, he's in Samarillion, that's why. I I let me tell you, Samarillion is not a book I have like any interest of actually deep diving and reading. So I know it's supposed to be like super duper interesting, but I got other books in my life I need to read. Um, quite frankly, I've read it once. Um, didn't understand half of it. Don't remember most of it. It was kind of, it, it's literally like reading a history book. Yeah, which I love history, but, but and not, not the fun kind. Well, and not like an interesting history book either. Like a very old timey history book. So there's lots of, it was a lot to get through. It took me a long time to get through, and I would never read it again. <laughs> yep. Anyway, yes, that was my number four Dang. dragon. Honorable mention. Honorable mention of the classic dragon. All right. So my fourth one. This is from um, a graphic novel series, The Tea Dragons by Kay O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love them so much. They're just so precious. They're adorable. Oh, they're so cute. The tea dragons literally grow tea leaves off of themselves. And like the people who own the tea dragons, like take care of the tea dragons and they harvest the leaves to make special teas. But the little dragons are so adorable. They don't, like, breathe fire or anything. They just, like, they grow tea leaves off of themselves, and they're really chill and happy. And Well, they're not, I mean, they're a little finicky. They're not really chill and happy. They get a little, pre- I mean, remember we played the tea dragon game, and sometimes uh, they get a little, they get a little spicy. Okay, they look chill and happy. How about that? Yes, they look chill and happy, but they're a little spicy, a little spicy. Like, a couple of them are actually chill and happy. Some of them have pretty spicy personalities that are very finicky. But overall, I would take any one of them that you gave me <laughs> because they're all adorable and I want them all. And it's a graphic novel series of uh, three books right now, I believe. I don't know if she's going to do more of them, but 
The first one is called the Tea Dragon Society. It's just so sweet. I love the little dragons. They just make me so happy. And those, um, these books are definitely what I would consider cozy fantasy. Oh, they are a hella cozy fantasy. It's just, well, the artwork is so pretty and the stakes are so low. It just, if you want something happy to read, look up the Tea Dragon Society and the other two books because they're very easy reads. They're quick reads, but they're just, they'll leave you with the warm fuzzies. They really will. Hmm. I'm looking at, I'm like, which I, I love Jasmine and I love Peppermint and Earl Grey. I would like a Jasmine <clears throat> dragon, Peppermint, Earl Grey. Mm, I want Ginger too, because she looks like a little red fox tail. And and oh, I like the marshmallow one. It's really cute too. Jasmine and Chamomile are both adorable. Mm, I love them all. I just want to snuggle them all. Me too. I would need to look at the list now. Okay, let's see. I would love a green tea one. Oh, the fruit tea is freaking adorable. Mm-hmm. Looks like a little deer. Mm-hmm. I know. They're just all... Oh, I want cocoa. <laughs> cocoa just looks like this little flaming cat ball. <laughs> the flaming cat ball of doom. Kind of. Black tea would be really cute, too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh. There's a Patreon. That's dangerous. It's very dangerous. I looked at it when I was reading the books and I'm like, oh, this could be so dangerous. The uh, the three books are The Tea Dragon Society, uh, The Tea Dragon Festival, and The Tea Dragon Tapestry. I would love if she wrote more of these books. Mm-hmm. We want all of them. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it was a webcomic initially. Oh, was it? It was. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm, I love it. They're all so cute. Oh, okay. Sorry, guys. We are very good at. Oh, in case this episode wasn't evidence enough, we love dragons. <laughs> yeah. That. Yes. <laughs> Much love. Much all love right. of the dragon. All right. Let's move on to your last one. Yeah. So finally, um, one of my favorite dragons, and I read this series. I read well at least three or four of them in high school. But is His Majesty's Dragon by Naomi Novik. So if you guys remember her, she wrote um, the insanely awesome Scalamance series. But before that, she wrote this awesome historical fiction that is set in the uh, Napoleon um, era. So think like 1700s, 1800s. And there's dragons. Like, so screw having like other crap. You have dragons. Like you have already have like um <laughs> like just screw it all you have dragons um it's dragons in the napoleonic wars pretty basically. much and you get all these different types of dragons and honestly they're all a little derpy so except for one um that's rescued by the main character and that dragon's name is tamarin and that dragon is actually a Chinese dragon uh, that got captured from one of the boats and some other things happened. And I don't remember precisely and it bonds with the main character and it turns into the adventures of the dragon that the Chinese government wants back and his best friends like, hell no, 
But if you want to go back, you can. But hell no, you're my buddy. So <laughs> yeah, that's the best way I can describe it. But I love it because this dragon, like Cameron likes to read. He likes to discuss philosophy. He's just intelligent and so loving. I read the first of this series and I really don't remember it. I want to go back and reread it because I feel like I would appreciate it more now than I did when I first tried to read it. Mm-hmm. It's like every time it's described to me, I'm like, this sounds so interesting. Why do I not remember reading it? Because I know I did. Yep, you did. You read the first one, at least. It was just the first one, too. Like, I don't I don't know. But I believe you. It sounds so good. And I love Naomi Novik, so. Yeah. They're part of the aerial corpse, and it's just so interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, dragons have... Oh, I forgot about that. Dragons have a long lifespan, and they can outlive their captains. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So, yep. my last one. So I haven't read this author in a really long time. And looking back on her works, some of them don't have some of the best content. But like there's just some there's some really controversial plot points looking at it as an adult now. But one, this is Anne McCaffrey, and one of her trilogies that I absolutely adore still is the Harper Hall of Pern series. Uh, it's three books. It's Dragon Song, Dragon Singer, and Dragon Drums. And the thing I adore about this is that not only are the dragons tiny, but they're travel size. They are so freaking cute. We all need travel size dragons. They're so cute. They're so cute. Um, I really like the Harpers of Pern, like that whole setup within this world. Mm -hmm. It's so this particular trilogy in there it's 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 dragons and musicians being best buddies and the dragons like imprint on the musicians and the main character ends up with like i don't know half a dozen dragons or something ridiculous some ridiculous amount of dragons because she like sings to them and they love it so much that they all imprint on her (laughs) whoops (laughs) When you suddenly get all of the dragons and you're like, well, crapola. Reading this as a child, I went, that's the dream. (laughs) Because I wanted all the dragons become yours. Well, I wanted to be a singer when I was younger. Yeah. So the fact that the main character was a singer and she ended up with a crap ton of dragons. I'm like, that's, that's the dream. I want that dream right now. I want to be her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. But like these three books just follow um her like going to the Harper Hall, learning how to be a Harper and um living with her dragons and um uh, letting her dragons grow and then like have eggs of their own and who gets the eggs and but it's just it's a great trilogy. I really like this one. <laughs> this one to me has stood up stood the test of time um more so than some of her other books but oh my gosh i just i love it so much (laughs) this main character was living my dream (laughs) (laughs) oh man i know i have um some of the books because nate bought me at least three of them and i can't remember i don't know my bookshelves are a hot mess i need to organize them better honestly 
I um I own some of her books. I don't remember which ones, but I definitely don't own these three, and I wish I did. I really should. I should buy them because I really want to reread them. But these are like ones that I got from the is library it, as a kid and mm-hmm. read and just absolutely adored. Is it like Dragon Song, so yeah. Dragon Singer, Dragon Drums? Yes, it's those three. I can see. I can see mm-hmm. you being like, these are my favorite. They're wonderful. Um, and I'd completely forgotten about them until I started going through my list of read books on Goodreads to see like what dragons I wanted. <laughs> and then I read mm-hmm. this and I'm like, how did I forget this trilogy? This is such a great trilogy. I adored this trilogy. You're like dragons. Oh, the dragons that just and they're just like tiny little pocket-sized dragons. They're kind of intelligent, but not super intelligent. Like the perfect amount of intelligence for a pet to have, kind of thing. Yeah, like a, like having a smart dog. Yes. And just ugh. They made me so happy. I wanted these little dragons and I wanted her life. <laughs> that is a good goal. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, and I mean, there are other dragons in this world. There's like full-size dragons in this world for those of you who haven't read Anne McCaffrey. But pocket-sized but pocket dragons? Pocket-sized dragons. Yeah, there's, there's full-size dragons. There's a whole like group of people who train them to fight and crap. But I just want these pocket-sized dragons. Honestly, I, mm-hmm. I want the tiny dragons. Hmm. oh and the um the full-size dragons in this world are uh very intelligent they can like talk mind to mind with their riders or something like that if i remember correctly oh, uh, but they're that. very intelligent and these these tiny little dragons are just like wow <laughs> i i remember when i was into reading um Anne mccaffrey's books for this world that the larger dragons do not consider the tiny ones to be actually dragons they find it insulting <laughs> oh that's funny and i'm just kind of like well that sucks for you because in my mind they're dragons <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh that cracks me up so yeah dragon oh my gosh i love it did you know that that Anne mccaffrey's kids have actually published more in the world after really she, yeah after she passed away huh Oh, I love that. Continue on, like, make it a family thing. <sighs> hmm. That's really cool. I know. But you got to take care of your mom and, and continue her books. I'm glad she had kids that are looking out for her legacy like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he hasn't written anything in 10 years, but he did write a bunch of stuff that continued um, his mom's series. Minor details. Minor details. If you don't have stories to tell, don't write. Don't try to write stories precisely all right guys well that's what we have for today thank you so much for joining us in our favorite discussion of our favorite mythological creatures dragons okay dragons <laughs> we will talk to you guys next time talk to you in a couple of weeks guys bye bye if you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love drop us a rating or a review on the app you use or share the episode post on your preferred social media everything helps you can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our miniseries, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. 
You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.